0: Talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones.
1: Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. It's great to have you with us on this Tuesday, heading toward the NFL draft. If you're wondering about the whereabouts of your head football coach at Penn State. He is on a flight right now to Germany. That's because Joseph Darkwar is there and there's also a skills camp in Frankfurt. So he's headed there. He's flying from uh, uh, State College and eventually I think he's He eventually has to get to Newark. He's going to fly from Newark over. But, yeah, I saw James for a little while today. Then we're going to have a more extensive meeting coming up. Um, He always asks me the same question every every single time we start.
0: (sighs) Is that that suit guy around? It's like,
1: I mean, look, I said, just just slow down.
0: Not the golf course, that's for sure.
1: No, I think it has to do with it. I mean, do we know anybody that has more, like,
0: restraining orders against them? (laughs) (laughs) It's good to hear you. How are you? I'm doing great. Great to hear you, too. Awesome job. You and Matt Catrillo yesterday caught the podcast this morning over breakfast.
1: It was, I'll tell you right now, um, the, um, um, When yesterday, I, you should have heard how happy Matt was when I told him I thought he should be the next play-by-play guy at me. I could tell See, it was. I yeah. could tell. I mean, I, I just <laughs> felt that, but I felt it set the
0: tone for the whole show. His grin Today, flowed through I, the speakers. <laughs> oh, and same, Leave it at that.
1: <laughs> and, and the same could have been said for Roger. He goes, oh, I feel like we have a solution. A solution is at hand. Two weeks from today, we'll be at Penn's Tavern. Two weeks from today,
0: ah, at Penn's we have a Tavern. beautiful day like today in two weeks. So it's going to be
2: fun.
1: it would be
0: great. Yeah.
1: And we, you know, we deserve it. Boy, the last time we were at Penn's Tavern, out on the deck uh, with Chris Wheeler, was as beautiful a day looking out over the creek uh as you could possibly ask which gorgeous river creek whatever I guess it's a river which river is that between? that is the susquehanna that's the susquehanna river sure. okay mm-hmm. beautiful mm-hmm. perfect that's oh, a big creek uh and i remember looking out at the dock and i think wow this is really really beautiful now and uh Corey brought some pickles, and I thought that was really great. And the food that Tom and the gang had at Penn's Tavern was great, and then the mood got short-circuited when I heard, "Is there anything I could do for you?" Said, oh, mood gone. <laughs> Isn't there any digital media to sell somewhere, like out of town? Just thought I'd ask.
0: Last I checked, it that that's a worldwide wheat, worldwide reach there. Absolutely, you know.
1: It's, you know, it's interesting. You know, in, in all services. Now, all kidding aside, uh, today I had to do a Learfield uh, summit, and James. I mentioned James was there, and Carolyn Key was there. I, virtually every coach was there. I, I, Kale wasn't there, uh, but Russ Rose was there. I talked with him, Char Moret and you know, Mark Pavlik. Uh, a lot of people. All the national championship trophies were there for wrestling. I pointed out that we're probably going to need a second table next year. uh, Because they had all eight of them there. Which was a great... That was really a great sight. They had all eight uh, national championship trophies on one table for wrestling. Really neat. And... One of the areas they were talking about was they were talking about social media, but then they said about the the digital media reach they're trying to get right now. And I thought that was interesting because it kind of fit in with what we we talk about and actually do promote every single day. Somebody has to promote it. Um, And, yeah, they were talking about that. How about Frank Clark gets dealt to the Kansas City Chiefs and... The Chiefs gave up a first-round pick. And they had already dealt a defensive end themselves, but they gave up, let's see, uh, they already has a five-year, $105.5 million deal. They gave up a first-round pick, 29th overall. The teams also will exchange third-round picks. And the Chiefs will also send the lower of their 220 20 second round picks of the Seahawks so the Chiefs will not be picking in round one but they got their first round pick, they got better than a first round pick, they got a guy that they know how how to play, they don't have to guess in Frank Clark, it's a big trade today big trade in the NFL meanwhile nobody knows what your team is going to do I think that for the Eagles, let's start with the Eagles. Yesterday, I brought this up yesterday. I'll stay on that theme. I think the Eagles are in a spot where at 25, they can literally number one through 25. Who are our 25 top players? And when they get to their spot, they can then pick the best player available on the board. I think they're in that spot. The Steelers are in that spot. But the Steelers are also... I've been seeing a lot of Rakia Sin from Temple. I'm not so sure about that pick. Really? I don't know.
0: Yeah, there's, many, yeah, there's many ways they could go. They could go inside linebacker. They could go corner. Uh, and you just wonder if James Washington is going to be that pure number two wide out with juju now number one in the depth chart. So, you know, wide receiver. I would think that's something they would uh, have to look into. But top pick. But, no. but, let's,
1: get, but let's get to Dan, what Dan Patrick said. I thought that Dan Patrick's commentary was spot on. This is a very deep draft in areas that are not sexy for fans. A defensive linemen, edge rushers, offensive linemen. That's where this draft is deep. This draft is not deep in skill position players. Skill possession players, as as Dan Patrick absolutely was absolutely correct about, move the needle. Move the needle. Yeah, and this goes to what we've talked about many times in the show. When we're talking about growing sports rowing sports is never about defense. Never. Uh, this has nothing to do um, uh, I, I, I'll reference that email that, that Jim Wetzel sent me, You know, and Jim was ticked off about something I said about wrestling, and it's because I don't think he quite got the context of what I was talking about. I try to explain the context later, but you know, I don't think he got the context what I was talking about. It has nothing to do with appreciation of great, great skill. Great skill is always appreciated on this show. That's why I have always used the example of Tommy Armour Third About my brother and I going to the Greater Hartford Open. And Tommy Armour Third hits the ball into the bush. Not below it, but into the bush. After examining the whole deal, he asks Caddy for a four iron. My brother and I were standing ten feet away from this. Takes the four iron out of the bush, slices it around the corner, puts it twenty feet in the green, sinks the putt. Now Tommy Armor III is not Tiger Woods. Is not Tiger Woods. But man, you have got to be good to do that. There's seven billion people in the world, one hundred sixty other tour card. There's 7 billion people in the world. 4,500 play in what? College basketball. There are 7 billion people in the world. How many wrestlers are there? There's 7 billion people in the world. How many Major League Baseball players or even minor League Baseball players are there? Okay. So nobody has talked about. I look, you don't like, you listen to talk shows and people talk about the great skill of people. They're always like running down this, running down that, whatever. So you're trying to grow sports. And this is the part that I think Jim did not understand. Jim, you don't appreciate the subtleties. Already. It had nothing to do with appreciating subtleties, Jim. I'm trying to get more people to watch it, which now brings us back to this draft in the NFL. People will watch. Why? When there are far more offensive skill players in the draft. That isn't this draft. As Dan Patrick properly pointed out, the front will be exciting because Kyler Murray is one of those players. Now, do you win because you draft Nick Bosa? Do you win because you draft Thomas? Do you win because you draft Quinn and Williams? Of course you do. But they aren't the sexy picks. They all have tremendous skill in bringing like, those subtleties to the table that win. The subtleties. But the average casual fan does not care about subtleties. They want to see you score. They want excitement. Right? That's why in this draft, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's on more live TV than everywhere now. ABC is going to join the party this year. ABC is going to actually join the party and televise the draft. Last year, you had Baker Mayfield 1, Saquon Barkley 2, Sam Darnold 3. You had two quarterbacks and a generational running back at the head of the draft. That's I boom eyeballs Wow, look at that Barkley guy. Wow, look at Baker Mayfield. Look at Darnold. This be a, and then Denzel Ward was picked four, and everyone went, okay, and uh, they picked a, guy a corner from Ohio State. Hmm. Well, where are the other quarterbacks? Who's going to get Josh Allen? Who's going to get Lamar Jackson? And Dan Patrick's right. That's what moves the needle. That's why we're always talking big picture on this show about what moves the needle. It has zero to do with the incredible appreciation that we have for the great skill and subtleties of every single sport. It is how do you get people excited to watch that sport? I do not want... People 18 to 34 getting excited about about their video game. All right? And guess what? If the video game isn't going well, what do they do? They turn it off and they start over again. Not only learning how to win, you have to learn how to lose. The other night ESPN two had on a show about Madden. I said they're like, Are you kidding me? Now again, I'm old school. So I'm you know, I'm going to be the line the guy that's sitting here saying, Jeez. I didn't grow up in that era. I don't want to sound like I'm the get off your lawn guy. But I'm thinking to myself First of all, for them, it's easy to televise. But this is what you want to promote? But they also televise cornhole, too. Was that last summer down in Jacksonville? Wow. Now, the great skill goes across every single sport there's tremendous skill in the subtleties of how to wrestle there's tremendous skill in the subtleties of how to turn a double play there's tremendous skill in how to run a center ice trap there's tremendous skill in how to rotate a defense in uh, in basketball there is tremendous skill in and how you run a zone blitz casual fans want to see you score they don't really care about the subtleties of how good right? And when it comes to the draft, you know, Kyler Murray, oh, the Heisman Trophy winner. Hey, right away you're watching. Hey, will the Cardinals take him? Then the next pick is Nick Bosa. Okay. And the next pick is Quentin Williams. Okay. Then the next pick is Josh Allen. Okay. When's the next quarterback coming up? When's the next Who's the first wideout? Who's the first running back? Who's the it's not gonna happen in this draft. Yet this will be a very productive draft for the football purist. The football purist is going to love this draft. There's going to be a lot of winning players that will help teams win in this draft. But they're also going to be in positions that most fans don't really notice when they're watching a game. Again, they want to see points. That's why every, every sport that we can think of has been adjusting their sports as often as they can to getting more points. The NBA, no more clutch and grab. College basketball, no more flopping. Football, right? now we're going to look at see if you can get a penalty on pass interference by reviewing it. And they changed all the pass rules years ago to loosen it up because they want the ball, as Hank Strand would say, matriculating itself down the field. center ice Trap has restrictions now in hockey. Major League Baseball is trying to figure out how to get... It's not pace of play. It's one thing in Major League Baseball, and I've talked about pace of play. For Major League Baseball, it's how do you get the ball and play more? It's not just pace, It's not pace of play. Enters into it, but it's also like getting the ball into play more. That you know, when the ball's in play, what, what is that called? It's called action. People want to see action. Action's really great. Meanwhile, in the digital media office, they're back there right now playing Madden 19. I, I get worried about it, Sean. Don't you?
0: He's a big fan of that game.
1: IndyCar 19. I'm Scott Dixon. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. No, you're, you're the suit. Scott Dixon's a race car driver. He's a doer, you're a watcher. As we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Get outside and clean up the yard. Yes, dear. Springtime means cleanup time, even at Sunbury Motors Ford. Sunbury Motors spring inventory cleanup has begun. Once a year, SMC takes their entire new Ford inventory and prices them at levels not seen before. SMC is where you want to be to choose from 44 2019 Ford Escapes. This just in, Ford Motor Company and Sunbury Motors have increased the discounts on 2019 Ford Escapes. They're slashed to the lowest price Ever offered to the general public now in an amazing 18 dollars SMC is where you want to be for 2019 Ford F 150s starting at just $25,899. And SMC has 66 in stock. SMC is where you want to be if you want a brand new 2018 Ford Focus for $14,905. Hurry into Sunbury Motors Ford in the Northwest North Street Auto Plaza.
2: That
0: Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones.
1: All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Keywords 11 and 15 in Hubble's Wharf. It is always a pleasure to sit down and break some on air bread with Tony Knopp. Tony, it's great to hear you again, my friend. I hope everything is well.
2: Everything is fantastic. I hear you guys are finally getting the uh, spring weather there.
1: Absolutely. I mean, in fact, I'm doing the show outside on a Shage Lounge as we speak.
2: Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got to maximize it when you get the chance, right?
1: <laughs> you got that right. It's a small window.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to start with the impact that one man can have. What did Tiger Woods just do for the PGA
2: tour? It's you know, it's funny. When you talk to people um outside of the business, they feel like there wasn't as big of an impact as you'd expect. But when you look at the way he impacted, not just the ratings of the Masters considering the early start, right? It it outdid last year's Masters, or I believe it was even, even though it was an eight AM start, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, usually doesn't happen. And then what it's done to his sponsors, for example, Bridgestone can't keep the balls on the shelves. So they wow. did a, you know, somewhat limited release of Tiger's ball that he played at the Masters. It sold out in the pre-sale. And then people found out that it was the kind of ball that they've been selling for the last couple of years. And that all got wiped <laughs> out too. So just the amount of consumerism that comes from what Tiger can do is, it's shocking. It really is. I mean, I knew it was going to be a big deal. I knew what he was going to do to that tournament if. You know, he was in it. And look, the reality is, if that tournament was on, I mean, everything almost came together. You had Tiger in it. You had Tiger in it on a Sunday that was not on Easter Sunday. What people forget is a lot of times the Masters can fall on Easter Sunday. The only thing that stopped that from being as big as the 97 Masters, money wise, was the the weather. You know, because there was a 70% 70 chance of rain. On Sunday as a Friday, and everybody knew it. And the concern was, and this is first world problems, that the private jets weren't going to be able to get out of there. So the airport had to had to issue a uh, warning that if you come in for the Masters, you might get stuck overnight and might not be able to come back.
1: Oh man! So that's <laughs> the in, it's a, uh, means, but that's the impact that one guy can have, and that, it's an individual sport. And I'm not so sure, including LeBron, that one guy can be so pivotal to the success of an organization like he is.
2: Oh, it's it's the amount, the ad sales for the tournaments that we know he's going to play in have all gone up between 20 and 30 percent. The ticket sales have gone up 30 percent plus for the tournaments that we know he's going to play in. It's just shocking, and especially now, I mean, imagine if he makes a run at the Open or if he makes a run at the U.S. Open. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. the next big thing for him is going to be that 18th major. Once he gets to 17, if he does get to 17, I mean, we're talking about this like winning a major is easy, but if he gets to 17, I can't even imagine what 18 is going to be. And, you know, what if he does it at an iconic course?
0: Right.
1: St. Andrews, something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: What if he can do it at St. Andrews? Unfortunately, I think Pebble's too soon. Uh, That would be cool if he did it there. That's been a place that he's dominated for quite some time. Um, but, yeah, if he can do it at a course like that, that you know, everybody will look at it and see the history behind it. I, I can't even imagine what that's going to do for the sport. All
1: right, so now I want to get into something that's going to be a tricky area, but you are always someone that looks at advanced trends. You have to. In your uh-huh. business, if you don't look yeah. at advanced trends, you're sunk. The Big Ten will be the first one, after being the last one in college football, to get its rights deal. They will be the first one in 2022. Mm-hmm. What is the difficulty on your end of predicting a market three years out of cable, over-the-air, digital, and what the landscape could even look like in three years?
2: Well, so here's the problem. You just don't understand what... Is going to happen in three years when it comes to the provider side. So, what's happening right now is uh, Sunday Ticket, for example. Uh, the NFL is out negotiating Sunday Ticket with other providers, and that's been a 25-year exclusive contract that they've had with AT and T. And it's gotten to a point now where they're starting to sling mud at each other. AT and T has come back and said, "Well, ATT has come back and, and, and preemptively canceled the or turned off the uh, NFL Network." from uh, their DirecTVX offering and from one of their other offerings, too, basically trying to send a signal to the NFL that if you break our if you break our exclusive agreement, then we're not going to carry even your linear channels. And the reason they're doing this is there's a conversation about, you know, the, the larger services making a bid, right? Netflix has come out and said they're not going to do it, <laughs> but Amazon has come forward and said they were going to bid. And there's the Googles and the Facebooks that are out there that have – Deeper pockets than you can imagine. So, nobody really knows how that's going to play out <clears throat> over the next two years. And then that's going to cascade its way down to the Big Ten network and an understanding of how we're going to value. Um, it, they, they don't really want to look at it by audience metrics anymore because people are consuming it in so many different ways, right? They're consuming it online, they're consuming it on TV, they're consuming it. So, you know, I think it's a huge advantage for the Big Ten to be able to do this. They also have a pretty good brand going for themselves, but to say what it's going to look like in three years, I have no idea. Because, for example, when the RSNs went for sale, something the listeners may or may not know is when Disney bought Fox, uh, all of these different regional sports networks that carry you know Milwaukee Brewers and Bucks games and you know the Houston games, that sort of things. Fox had to sell them. Disney had to sell yes. them off. Right, and they had this they had is creating chaos. That, this is creating yeah, chaos. so. It's a total mess. So they had 21 networks, and they had an assumption that they're going to be able to sell all of them together for $21 billion. Well, that's not what happened. First, the Yankees exercised and bought out their network, which is the Yes Network. Then they decided to bifurcate these networks and sell them off to different people for different prices, some of which are fetching a lot more than others. And there's a bunch of different bidders in it that nobody thought were going to be the bidders, right? So Sterling seems to be the favorite right now. But the belief was Fox Sports was just going to buy them back, and now they've dropped out. Meanwhile, Magic Johnson has joined in with Ice Cube, and they're making a bid on it. So all of the traditional, long answer short, all of the traditional things that we've looked at when building a deal for somebody like the Big Ten Network are in total chaos right now because it's a totally different way of consumption. And so who knows what they're going to be able to negotiate at that point. And it's going to be a really big testament to whoever's next because Jim Delaney is going to be gone.
1: Right. And that's the big part. There, it's going to be a new and You're coming
2: in, and <laughs> that's a it's a big deal.
1: Yeah, and it is a big deal. And the SEC is there a concern though? Uh, do do corporate partners and people in the in the world of tickets, the SEC and the Big Ten have really separated themselves financially yeah. from the other three?
2: Significant
1: when it comes to their rights deals. Is that a concern or a plus?
2: For the for the Big Ten, it's a huge plus. For everybody else, it's a huge negative. I mean, look, the reality is what we run into a lot, and, and I think it'll roll into something we'll talk about in a second, is there's you know, there there's this conversation about the way things always are. And I don't think people realize that it's never the way things always are. And so, you know, you look at things like like these rights deals and what's going to happen with the Big Ten, and you're and you're looking at, you know, well, traditionally the Pac-10 has been a power conference along with these other ones. Well, that's out the window now because I don't think the common fan that doesn't pay attention to this every day, who obviously if they did would understand all of it the same way we all do, that the, the gigantic financial difference between the schools right now. I mean, it's in some cases it's 35 million dollars a year that's going to a Big Ten team that a Pac-10 or an ACC or a Big East, they're just not getting that money. And if you look at how much these athletic departments actually spend on their football teams, Clemson, who basically ran through everybody like a hot knife through butter last year, is right around $40 million. So you're funding the entire football program with the disbursement you're getting from your from your uh, rights deal and from the conference because it's well run. Meanwhile, USC doesn't have that money. Right, they get it in another way, but it's it's such a significant difference that I think it's going to continue. I talk about this a lot. I think it's going to go the way of European soccer, where you just have these superpower conferences. And right now, the Big Ten and the SEC are the superpower conferences. They pay the coaches more. They have better TV deals. They have a lot more coverage. And I think what people don't realize is they sit and they say, "Well, you know, Urban Meyer makes X, whereas you know Nick Saban makes Y, and big coach in the ACC makes Z." What you don't realize is that's not the gap. The gap is that the number two guys and the number three guys at Alabama and Ohio State are making three, four, five, six X what the number two and three guys are making at the other programs. And when you have 80 kids on a field, that's a significant differentiator. So when you're talking about a rights deal, you're going to want to carry the best league. That's just the way it is. So it's a huge advantage for the Big Ten.
1: Huge. Now, I want to get back to the regional sports networks for a moment because this is a primary source you know, for the NHL. It's a primary source for Major League Baseball teams. Mm-hmm. Now, the mm-hmm. College has it already. The ACC network's going to start in August. SEC network's going. Big Ten network's going. I don't want to bring up the Pac-12 network because we're trying to <laughs> stay positive here.
2: Tire <laughs> fire. What a tire fire. It just gets worse right. every day.
1: I don't, you have to give it credit. I mean, it's a dumpster fire that festers. Uh, so
2: it's, it's shocking how he still has a job. But I digress.
1: I, I, I we digress. With regional sports networks, Nesson is critical to the success of the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Yes, is critical to the success of the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where do you see regional sports networks going? Because that is where corporate partners will eventually follow if they think that's a product they want to be involved in.
2: Yeah, it's, it's regional. That's the thing. Uh, it really enables a, you know, because people will say, well, what's the difference like between national and regional? And you really have to look at it when you're talking about the brands that are, You know, activating around those teams When you're talking about a regional sports network You're talking about, you know, I've got a bank That's been a really, really big deal in Florida And I'd like to extend it to Georgia Where am I going to spend my money, right? I'm not going to spend my money on teams and programs That are going to give me a whole bunch of ad space In Texas and North Carolina Because I don't care Right, I want to be regional, and so there's a major business that's tied around these regional sports networks, and these regional sports networks are things that enable more content for the teams, it enables the teams to get more uh, relevancy within their market, you know, they get to touch the national uh, network, or the national market as well as the regional market, and what's happened with these RSNs is we've kind of iterated our way into how these work economically. Some have done better than others, Right? Uh, yes, which you mentioned earlier, the Yankees were really smart with Yes. They, When they invested into Yes and got involved in that network, they actually had in their clause the ability to buy out the rest of their ownership in that network should something like this happen. And that's what happened. Basically, once the RSNs were available for sale, the Yankees came back and said, hold on a second, we negotiated that if this happens and we don't get a say into who has control over the Yes network, we can buy the rest of it for I forget the number, it was like $3.1 billion or something like that. And they went and did it. And so they've had a lot of success there. The problem is these things are not as easy as they sound to do. Like in Houston, for example, the Rockets and the Astros tried to build their own regional sports network, and it was right. a dumpster fire. They ended up suing each other. You know, they they were off the air for a year. It was a total mess. So that's why you hear about Major League Baseball saying maybe we'll bid on these because we don't know who wants to buy them, and if a private equity fund buys them, which is you know, for the listeners, which is basically just a bunch of rich guys need their money to go somewhere, so they give it to this private equity fund that goes and invests in things and tries to get them returned. You know, those funds are driven by monetary returns and monetary returns alone. They do not care about building fan bases. They do not care about what happens in 10 years. They care about what happens in three to five years so I can get Steve his money back and then some. So that's why you see these RSNs all over the news, because it really holds a lot of people's uh, destiny in their hands.
1: And now it goes back to the problem of the regional sports network in your area, because the Dodgers... Oh, man. <laughs> have, this has been a dumpster fire where know they what we're doing out West? <laughs> they, they couldn't even get people to, like, say, let's pick it up. We've got Vin Scully when Vin was still doing the games.
2: No, they... For those who, who maybe haven't been out here in a little while... The Dodgers haven't been on television in two and a half years. And they've been to the World Series twice. And local, if you you do not have Time Warner Cable, you cannot watch Dodger games. There are a few that get through the blackout laws, and they play them on a local station called KCAL. I think it was like 11 games last year. And then when they made their big run at the end of the season, two seasons ago, somehow they negotiated a deal where they showed the last 10 regular season games on, I don't remember, some local station. It might have been KCAL 9. So, no, I mean, basically... They kept waiting, Time Warner kept waiting for everybody else to blink, and the providers never blinked. They just basically said, look, if you want to carry Dodger games, we want you to pay us X. And, you know, they said, no, we're not going to do that. We think it's too much money. We think you're overvaluing it with what's happening in the market. And look, this isn't just sports. It's happening across the board. I know Dish Network and HBO are having the same fight, and I don't think HBO has been on Dish Network for five months. So... You're just seeing this consistent movement of things are changing where people are trying to hold on and say, look, if we let go of this, we might be letting go of a lot of money. And that's why we go all the way back to the RSN and their value, and we go back to the Big Ten Network and how you're going to value this in three years. Because who knows? I wouldn't be surprised if you see a deal happen way before that for the Big Ten Network.
1: All right, so I want to get to to MLS for a moment. They are a, a league that is right now fighting to be financially successful but in reality do they have a model that other leagues should be looking at
2: they they're financially economically they're doing well uh they what's basically happened you know if if you're seeing the news they're talking about expanding to 30 teams now uh they got themselves in a little bit of a pickle in that they limited the amount of expansion teams they're going to have and they had you know too many exception stories right so You know, there was a belief that Columbus was going to move to Austin, and so you didn't need an expansion team in Austin. And then we could expand, you know, with the enterprise owner, which could be the first female owner in the league, and then you could pick a team like Sacramento. And what happened was Columbus got bought, and they're staying in Columbus. So now you have to expand in Austin. And you're now cutting out a team that had a really good shot of, of, you know, joining the league in the near future. So now they just come right out and said, we're going to go to 30 teams so they can accommodate all of those and now there's more teams coming out of the woodwork that seem to be able to make this work for them the problem the MLS has is because they're so focused on being financially profitable up front you know it's it's like any other business right You, if you buy and for the listeners who maybe don't pay that much attention to you know international soccer if you go buy a team like Manchester City like what happened 15 years ago or Chelsea who. Manchester City was kind of a doormat for a long time. Now if you look at Manchester City, they're one of the best teams in the world. Because you have this uber wealthy guy come in there and just burn money for the eight, first eight years so he can catch up to everybody else. The MLS is not letting their teams do that. And so even though they're healthy in North America, and people like them, and the statistics are up, and we're all very bullish on them as a business, every year when they go to the Club Cup, they get blasted. I think they lost 7-2. to two, uh, Sporting KC did. And so... At some point, it'll be, it'll be really curious to see, like, if MLS wants to become a, a, an international power where we're legitimately sending a team from here to compete with, you know, Liverpool or Manchester City or Tottenham, somebody's going to have to just say, look, we just got to burn some money for a little while. And they haven't done that yet. So it's been a great league and they're making a lot of money. Attendance has been great. Internationally, the day is going to come where they're going to have to start competing. Yeah.
1: No question. Well, I can't believe we've done twenty minutes here. We're we done. <laughs> <I'm not laughs> kidding. That- there's going to be a point. There's going to be a point where you and I are going to sit down and have some beverages, and like six hours later, like I guess we better stop, right?
2: <laughs> it's going to come. I'm I'm definitely coming out for the whiteout this year. The uh, Michigan game on the nineteenth. For goodness'
1: sakes, you got to come over and see us.
2: Oh yeah, we definitely will. It's going to be fantastic.
1: Wow, Jack will be there. The whole deal. My goodness, I can't wait to see you.
2: Yeah, it's going to be. And and I've been watching those whiteouts for the last few years. I I have to get the one. I have to.
1: Hey, got to get you here. That'd be awesome. I uh, look forward to it more than you know.
2: This will be a good time. And and we'll have more than twenty minutes.
1: <laughs> a lot more than twenty minutes. That's that'll be even better. Tony, thanks so much. I'm glad we finally got your weather.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Enjoy it enjoy it for now. It's uh you well, hot well, we, soon, right for both of us.
1: It does. Hey, we'll talk soon, my friend.
2: All right, thank you much.
1: The great Tony Knopp on the show. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio ten seventy WKOK.